What's up, friends? Today I'm talking to Leo Ramirez or Leo Ramirez. He is an alumni of my coaching program, Exponential Life. He is brilliant, he's heartsy, he has an inspiring story from humble beginnings to an Ivy League education to becoming a founder of a social good startup. We're gonna learn a lot from Leo today. If you are an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur, if you want to do more good for more people in more places, just like Leo, you do not wanna miss this episode. He talks literally about how to reprogram your life to overcome serious obstacles and reach success. He talks about recalibrating the way you see the world to keep the joy, the fulfillment, the motivation to go further and fly higher. He even talks about the mistakes he've made so you don't have to make those same mistakes. So watch all the way to the very end because he then talks about where he's going and it's gonna really, really inspire you. So leave us the comments, give us a thumbs up, ask any questions you want. Here we go. I started the interview by asking Leo what he's up to now. Uh, co-founded two nonprofits. Uh, one of them was a social network for good uh, and a micro giving platform. Uh, and that one uh, you know, ended up becoming my current company, um, NCAST. And NCAST has created a number of innovations that help people uh, kind of give through the things they do every day. To get more people involved and to get more kind of good into the world is by allowing people to give through financial transactions or on social media, like literally anywhere they give, it all goes to the one place. It all efficiently gets out to, to the hands of nonprofits. I'm in the process of getting that company sold uh, so that it can live within uh, another entity that has far greater reach than, than I do. So Leo already built a company that solves a specific problem in the philanthropy world. He's selling it so he can actually do more good for more people. What is he doing next? What I'm going to, to work on building next is incorporating not just philanthropy, but other behaviors of ours to create a, a more well-rounded um, profile of, a, of an individual through artificial intelligence, uh, take the data, interpret it, right? So that we, we understand at any moment in time uh, what moves and inspires someone. Next, we talk about a tool we use at Exponential Life, which is called the Excel formula, which are studies show the macronutrients for fulfillment for long-term success, which is delight, meaning, and connection. Uh, here's what Leo has to say about that. I had overloaded myself with a lot of things that were absolutely meaningful, but so much of it that I wasn't really doing a good job anywhere. And, and so that was one area that was transformative. Um, I'd known before, right, that it's yeah. something I needed to do, but this yeah. really called it. Yeah. In, in, and you know what, you know what, I, what I love about this conversation is that that is probably, in my, in my experience with people that are very driven and up to stuff, that's the first thing to go. It almost seems sort of less important, maybe frivolous, like a luxury that you can't afford. And, and I think my emphasis is that, no, no, this is not, this is not a nice to have. This is a must have. Delight is the easiest to sacrifice because I feel I allowed myself to believe that the work I was doing, right? My, my work with NCAST, with these other ventures, mm -hmm. with the, with all, all, all the nonprofits that I, I help, you know, I, I think I'm on eight boards right now. Did you catch that? Leah Ramirez is on eight nonprofit boards right now. 
I found that I wasn't as happy participating uh, because in, in a lot of cases, I just felt bad, especially with mm. the nonprofits who yeah, yeah. want board members to raise money. They want to be more engaged. And I mm. felt that was just, you know, filling a seat. On paper, what happens is you're passionate about philanthropy. That's what it is. It, the, the, the idea of helping more people is a delight sort of space. Absolutely. It fires and, me up. It, yeah, exactly. And, and I'm, I'm sort of built the same way. But the interesting thing about it is that meaning and delight are two different things, right? So you start confounding those, basically going, yeah, there's so much meaning I'm going to delight in this. And it just doesn't work the same way. I believed that I was, uh, I was doing things that were bringing me delight. Uh, the end result was that I was still miserable. Uh -huh. and, the, and, and that realization that delight and, and, and meaning have to be decoupled didn't occur to me until, until I did the Exponential Life program. This is what I absolutely love in the work that we did together. See, we were able to recognize one thing in Leo's life, an important thing, and he was able to make a change, a slight change in his life that gave him a boost of creativity, of joy, important for long-term success of any startup, a founder, entrepreneur, an aspiring philanthropist, somebody who wants to do more things for more people in more places, you have to watch these things. These things matter. You know, I, I call startup founders the explorers of the 21st century. Like mm -hmm. in, the, in the 15th century, these are the people that would get on ships and let go. I'm right. probably not going to return, right? And, but yeah, I'm going to discover would, a new we land. We would have absolutely been on ships. Back exactly, <laughs> exactly, right? It's like these are the people that were like, people, like normal people would look at and go, you're absolutely you're crazy. out of your mind. Yes. You know, uh, folks look at the Zuckerbergs of the world and the Jobs of the world and the Gateses of the world and say, you know, that that's who I want to be and I know I can do that. But the reality, like you said, as we all know, as entrepreneurs, that the vast majority of, of companies fail. What, what, the ones that I really respect are, are those individuals that are willing to be vulnerable and talk about what are all of the failures that they had along the way? Mm -hmm. What are all the areas where I had to ask for help? Exactly. Because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. This was a natural segue in the conversation towards discussing what we talk about quite a bit at Exponential Life, which is weaknesses and blind spots. And the way it happens is that people that are gifted, talented, driven, they figure out what they're good at and they double down on that over and over and over again. They get some respect and get some success. But these weaknesses that may be there from the beginning get ignored over time until they become blind spots. And that actually catches up with us and really hurts us, the people around us, the ventures that we're trying to build. So we talk about that next. And one of the things that you said, I remember early on when we were talking about blind spots is, I actually wrote it down and you said, I need you to tell me where I suck. <laughs> Does that sound familiar? <laughs> That's exactly right. And I say it to, it, I've said it to every manager I've, I've, I've had since Trilogy. <laughs> so, and I love that about you. So tell me about that. When I was raised, um, I was raised really humble. Uh, I, I, I grew up in, uh, in a mobile home. My dad is a Texas Teacher of the Year uh, back in 93. Um, so an amazing teacher. And to support an amazing teacher like that, that we're, I was just talking about this with my dad and my mom yesterday because um, uh, my dad has Parkinson's and, and sometimes my mom gets really frustrated uh, with him because he doesn't move around as much, he sleeps a lot now. And then she stops herself and says, this guy used to go to school at, at 6.45 in the morning. He would come back at 5, 5.30 after he, he taught all day, coached all these kids to become math geniuses and state champions 
to then ultimately go to places like Stanford and MIT and Caltech and Rice. I mean, dozens and dozens of kids. That's Every single kid that, that went to these great schools went through my dad's math team. But that's the kind of of, of family I, co I come from, family that are willing to sacrifice for others and give to others. Uh, my mom quit her career so that she could, you know, raise uh, three kids in college, like starting a business or doing all these cool things, because I still didn't feel like that was for me. Uh, I didn't have examples in my life of business owners uh, or, or, or leaders that, that could give me the, the faith that I could do it myself. But then I came to Austin, I worked for this company, Trilogy, and they kept telling us only the best, only the best. I got this mindset about myself that I am freaking amazing mm -hmm. because I'm here. Right? Yeah. I could have felt that way when I went to Stanford because there's truly amazing people there. Yeah. But coming to creme. Trilogy, yeah. right? It was even, even like you take the creme de la creme and take that, right? Crap. That's who ended up coming to work um, really? for Trilogy. Wow. Uh -huh. So I ended up getting this mindset this cockiness about myself. I mean, when I was in school, some of that cockiness did, did come out. And, and, and this one girlfriend of mine, you know, kept telling me like, you are such an egotistical guy, man. <laughs> yeah. And she was in an acapella group and she actually was singing this one song where, where they say, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of ego you might, you might have. And she sang it right at me. Of I'm course. Like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> right? She's calling you out. And she was calling me out and, and that ego only grew when I was at Trilogy when I realized, oh my gosh, I can do this. I, I really mm -hmm. can. And at, at that point, it was all about the money. How much money can I make? How much power can I have? Um, how can I squash other people around me? That humbleness went completely away. Wow, really? And it took many more years. It took actually my grandfather dying. My first grandparent to pass away in 2003 um, for me to realize what am I doing? Like, is this really what I want to do in the world? Wow. It's just make myself rich and be powerful and help other people be rich. Do I want a funeral that has, you know, all of my friends and family and these people, or do I want a celebratory funeral like my grandfather's, which was small, but it had mm -hmm. a bunch of random people showing up that were doing that, that loved what he did in the community and who he was. Like I want tens of thousands of people to show up to my funeral. Yes. Right. Because I did something profound in my life. Yeah. And, and that is, is really what has, what I've come around to is, is realizing, you know what? I'm not as good as I think I am. I'm really not. And if I'm truly true to myself, um, the, the, the greatest success I've ever had has occurred when I've been able to say, I don't know, I mm. need help. Right. And when I surround myself with people, and you said this a lot during uh, Exponential Life, like, you know, look at look at the five people that you're closest to, and I'll tell you who you are. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I had to learn, in addition to being less egotistical and checking you at the door, in addition to realizing I, I don't know it all, and I don't have all the answers. <clears throat> I also realized I need to surround myself with people that are, are not just going to tell me what I want to hear. So let's talk about the seven F's. I mean, that was a that was a big uh, topic with you and I talking in, oh in, in, the, in the cohort, right? So we do this. So yeah, if you're watching this and you don't know what I'm talking about, it's basically this <laughs> this graphical the accelerator, and it's basically it starts with faith, family, friends, force, finances, fitness, fun, and it's sort of these these elements that are really heavily weighted. In, in life, just proven by all kinds of things, ancient wisdom and modern research, 
to be the most influential in human flourishing. One of the huge benefits to, to my life um, was in, as I mentioned before, the decoupling of, of meaning and delight mm-hmm. um, and realizing I'm not happy. And this then le- led to the radar, right? Yeah. So now, now when I finally go through this exercise and, and I go and start ranking the, the seven Fs, I realize no wonder I'm unhappy. <laughs> yeah. You know, right? like I have weak faith I have, uh, you know, a week on the fun, um, yeah, kind of weakish on the fun. Um, and, and I was, so it was, faith was low, fun was low, fitness was low. Um, and, and I, you know, family and friends, uh, were, were pretty strong. We're pretty strong. Yeah, um, I remember. but, but when I, when I kind of saw how lopsided my, my, uh, my radar was, um, I, I, I'm like, no wonder I'm so unhappy. No wonder I'm not experiencing the, the delight that I should be having with doing all these amazing things. It, it opened up some, some really important, um, things in me to realize how far off, um, I, I am in certain areas that are keeping me from the life that I want and, and creating, um, that life requires me to have more balance across these seven areas. Um, and because I don't, because it, because my radar is so lopsided. So the cognitive emotional load that is pressing on, on, on me is distracting my full potential. The cognitive emotional load pressing on me is distracting my full potential. I want these words to sink in with you because this is the reason why so many, if not most, High achievers, talented, driven people don't live out their potential, even though they can change the world. This is why we do what we do at Exponential Life. Our past inevitably colors the way we see the present and how we build the future. So as part of the program, we talk about childhood trauma, and Leo had some really remarkable, vulnerable stories to tell. And he is one of those people that has done a lot of work on himself, even before he, he came into the program, a lot of therapy, a lot of other programs and modalities. And I love how he addresses this head on, how he does deep work. And I wanted to ask him, okay, why is that important? Uh, I have ADHD and dyslexia that I discovered very late in life. And I wondered why it was that I hated literature and I hated history and I hated, you know, reading and I hated all these other things. And it's because of the dyslexia and why I was so disorganized and why for years my parents and teachers and administrators struggled with getting, you know, this kid to sit still, put, you know, keep his things organized because um, I couldn't do it. And, and we didn't have the money to get me diagnosed. We didn't have the money to get me medication. Um, I just had to figure it out. I was able to learn how to adapt with my disabilities and, and, and actually make them work for me. I think they, in many ways, have made me a more formidable person, a better leader. I guess did that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a big part of it is a grace, right? Is like, look, you look at yourself, you, you think of yourself in that place, and then you start giving yourself grace in the present as well, which is an interesting interesting thing, right? Interesting process. And the other, what you mentioned is sort of these... This, uh, I mean, in psychology, it's called post-traumatic growth, right? Mm-hmm. Or anti-fragility. It's another term that's that's uh, used quite a bit. And once you connect anti-fragility and superpowers, 
to challenges and traumas and obstacles, you reframe the whole story. My wife gave me a book called um, Driven from Distraction. And it was because of my ADD tendencies, right? She could see mm-hmm. it clearly. And I remember reading that book and being, and it was a transformative experience because I realized that in the limitations and some of the weaknesses that I, that you have when you have, it's just, when you have that, right? Um, there is a giftedness in, a, in where you can do actually, it's a superpower. And even in the book, she says, you know, I don't understand why they call it uh, a, a attentional deficit disorder. It's not a disorder. It's a way of being. Right. And I just remember that one phrase going, yes, yes, it's a way of being. I am not yep. disordered. You know, like, it's, it's, yeah. I'm not broken. That reframing was everything to you, right? Because before yeah. you probably felt that, that you, that there, you yeah. were broken. Yeah. What's wrong right. with me? I'm, I'm less than. We do this thing at Exponential Life called Vision Story, and it's a combination of tools to essentially project our future. One is reframing our story. We are the story that we tell ourselves, so it changes the way we see ourselves today and obviously project the future. Predictive encoding is another set of tools that is really, really interesting because it helps us be in tune with certain things that come our way. Uh, when otherwise we wouldn't have paid attention. Uh, there's a few other things as well, but I'm talking to Leo about how these this vision story process and exercise helped him envision a very different future. I remember going through um, you know other guys' presentations and and just being blown away by uh, the vision they had for their lives and the kind of impact they wanted to make for themselves and the world. Um, and it just further deepened my, my admiration and respect <clears throat> for, uh, for, for all, everyone you brought you know, mm-hmm. together um, in, in, our, in our cohort um, and the quality of people that you continue to bring on board um, with, with, uh, with other cohorts as well. Um, when I had an opportunity to, uh, to, pre- to present my, my vision, mm-hmm. so I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm on my deathbed. What did I accomplish? How did I leave a life, lead a life of significance? How do I have that profound life that I want to have with the tens of thousands of people that are about to show up to my funeral? And as I as I thought back um, with the, with that you know, mentality and that in that position uh, of being on my deathbed, um, a lot of things became really clear. Things that I've that I've been thinking about doing for a while, things that I hadn't thought about doing, feeling the validation um, from from everyone, and having this be the kind of end result of eight weeks of work. Uh, that we did together uh, to to help us unleash your full potential um, was was just wonderful, right? And now I have a touchstone, right? I have a deck I can look back to and say, how am I making progress? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the slides that I put in there was reprogramming my life, right? So as a computer dork, <laughs> um, I had to use the term reprogram, right? But but literally, like, what are some of the habits that I I, I need to change? To, to allow me the tools to achieve my vision. But even more transformative, I think, was sharing it with um, people outside of Exponential Life. Uh, I've, I've shared it with my parents. I've shared it with some of my best friends. Um, I've shared it with uh, some coworkers because I want them to know this is who I am. This is what I want. These are the things I have to be doing. And I want you to hold me accountable. Wow. Right. This is part yeah. of, of of surrounding myself with, with with people that love me, that want the best for me, 
um, who, who are willing to step up and say, you said this, you're not doing that. Right. <laughs> you really, re did you really mean it? And I got to look back at myself and say, okay, yeah, you're right. I, I got to go do that. Right. Before we hear about the extraordinary plans that Leo has for his life, and now he's pursuing them with increased clarity and focus and motivation and joy. Uh, and also about his artistic side, which most people don't know about. I want to thank you for being here and watching this video this long because it means it's resonating with you. And if it is, I want to ask something of you. Give us a thumbs up. Ask us questions. Help us build a channel that serves more people in more ways. Also, if you go to exponential.life, you can get access to a free masterclass that actually unpacks some of the stuff that we discussed with Leo here. And it might really equip you for an amazing life. Thank you again for watching. And let's go back to Leo. Um, some of them had had no idea that, for example, I wanted to create the, the Rare Disease Center at Dell Children's. Uh, and, uh, and they're really inspired by that. You know, don't realize that I want to be a, an investor. Like, I look at the investment world and I think it's broken. Right. I think there's a better way to do it. Yeah, many of us do. Um, just yeah. like I, I looked at philanthropy 18 years ago. And it is yep. completely broken. And it has been for generations. And it's still broken today. Mm -hmm. And I have all these ideas for how to make it better. And I'm working you know, toward doing that. Uh, I see the way we connect with each other, how disrespectful we are to each other, um, how divisive this this world has become. And and I and I believe there's a better way to do it. And, and that's part of why I'm doing this next thing. I want to do more singing. I want to do more performing. I think that would surprise people because a lot of people don't know that I sing, don't know that I've been in musicals before. I feel um, privileged because I've actually I, heard your tracks. That's great. Right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I think I think I need to put that into the presentation now. Like I just yeah. thought about it, and, and it's, it's so, so important in my life. Yeah, that I want it in there because I want that to be something that I that I do uh, throughout my life as well. Because it's definitely a privilege to be your friend, to be to be a witness of your of your journey. And as we, you know, and now we're we're together in the inner circle and the mastery sort of leg where we want to master these things together long term. So I just can't wait to to be to come alongside of you and, and see all the amazing things you're you're not only doing now, but you will do in the future as well. So thank you. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Yeah, I'm just trying to lead, lead a, a significant, impactful life and, and help as many as I can. <clears throat> um, but uh, and I couldn't do it without without people like you in my life. Um, so I, I'm, I'm thankful that we met and I'm thankful that we're, we've, we're working together um, towards, towards supporting our futures. Um, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to speak with you today. If you loved this conversation with Leo Ramirez, you will also like my conversation with Gabe Almazan, another Exponential Life alumni. I'm going to leave you with that link on YouTube. Please enjoy. Watch that next.